1: As always, the conference finals begin and they have completely blown the second round out of the water. It's so much better.
0: The second round was, it did not remind you kind of like some regular season hockey games? Like the yeah. intensity just didn't seem there. And then the conference finals, it's been like every game has gone to overtime. Yeah, every For, game. The, fir-
1: for the first time ever in NHL history, the first four conference final games have all gone to overtime. And it's hilarious because one of them went to four overtimes, basically 13 seconds away from five overtimes, and the other ones were over immediately.
0: Yeah. Like, I love overtime hockey when the abs aren't playing. There is nothing better than overtime hockey. But so good when your team's playing in it, it is the most miserable experience of your life. But it's also one of the most beautiful because when your team scores an overtime winner, you feel on top of the world. And on the other end, when they lose, i.e. game five against the Blues, I don't think there was a word said between me and you on that entire drive home.
1: No, there was not. We spoke like uh, one of the main things we want to talk about. Yeah. Because we're trying to at least maintain some sort of professionalism. Like I am death staring the window. We're by the way, 3-2 in the series. We're still winning. (laughs) It's so fun. That was such a fun time.
0: It was. It was. But it's. It is nice just to sit back and watch overtime hockey and just have no dog in the fight. Like, and I'm saying that as a coping abs fan, because God damn it. I wish the abs were still in. I wish I was freaking out about overtimes, but uh glass half full. It's nice to watch overtime and just not care.
1: Yeah. See, I cannot imagine sitting through four overtimes, like being oh. in the arena for pretty much four whole overtimes. It's a weekday. You, it's tomorrow. still Friday. You still had to go to work in the morning and you lose. Oh, they still got to go home. Like It's two in the morning on the East Coast. Like it's that has got to be one of the most miserable experiences that some poor Hurricanes fans were experiencing after Matthew Kachuk won that game with 12 seconds left in the fourth overtime, the sixth longest game in NHL history. It ends like that. Someone had the worst drive home of their life because, you know, they were also kind of drunk, too.
0: Oh, well, I mean. They probably sobered up by the time because they right. cut off they cut off liquor sales at the end of the or like the middle of the third period. So I mean, you went through basically another full game and they were all probably all sober yeah, you, and you angry.
1: had to you had to sit through another basically full hockey game while sobering up and also have to deal with the hangover the next morning. Like that, someone, no, that
0: hangover was kicking in in yeah, probably
1: the end on of 4, the drive 000. home. Basically, <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't even have to get an Uber. They were they were sober enough to yep. drive at that point.
0: Yep, that 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 would be like. We joke about the walk of shame, but that walk of shame probably walking out of that arena after watching four overtimes had to be just the saddest, saddest thing. But for everyone who was bitching that these series weren't gonna be good, the, these series have kicked ass. Like the Florida Carolina one, I didn't expect Florida to be up two-nothing in the series. I didn't, but these teams are evenly matched. Like the flip a coin, and you could say the hurricanes could be up 2-0 in this series. Like, I do not think the Panthers are gonna sweep or win in five just because these teams are so damn close, man.
1: Yeah, this is an incredible Game one, even before we got to the overtimes, was one of the best hockey games of the playoffs, just from start to finish. Two incredibly even match teams playing very, very smart hockey, and it just so happened that no one could score just for basically an entire hockey game after you had a goal overturned four minutes into the first overtime, and then everyone specifically Bobrovsky and Anderson just turned into walls. It was one of the best goalie duels we've ever seen. And then you flip the switch to the Western conference final where Vegas is up two nothing after two straight overtime wins. That's been some great games as well. I mean, you could say game two was probably the worst of the conference finals so far, still a very, very good close hockey game with a late tire and an overtime winner all of these have been great. And it's such a shame that you, like you were saying, these are just so bad for the sport because it's not Canadian teams or New York.
0: Yeah. It's been everything I thought they would be These series. We knew going into them, they were going to be closely contested and every game has come down to the wire. Like, would you be shocked if any game, like a team wins by more than two goals in these series?
1: Kind of. Yeah. The way these have gone, I, there is not a lot separating either of these teams right now. I mean, I, you've, you get a couple of bounces the other way. We're talking about Carolina and Dallas being up 2-0 yep. in each series and no one really has a problem with it.
0: Nope. Like that that's been the great part about them, and I've enjoyed every second. It's been it's been everything I thought they would be. Uh like Florida is they are screaming team of destiny so bad and they like you were talking before we started recording. If Pittsburgh just wins one of those games against Chicago or Columbus, they aren't even in the fucking playoffs. Yeah,
1: we're talking about like Sam Bennett's probably getting traded. So Sam Reinhart, what's the future of Aaron Ekblad and Florida? Paul Reese is already fired for sure. Oh, and yeah. now we're talking in the the conference final. Is there any way Florida does not win the Stanley Cup?
0: They... Unless Bobrovsky turns back into regular season Bobrovsky, I don't see it, man. This team is playing with way too much confidence right now.
1: He's been unbelievable. I know people are making a huge deal about Bobrovsky. I don't think they're making enough of a deal about how good Sergei Bobrovsky has been. He came in in that Boston series, lost his first start, and was sub-900, and since then has been sub-900 once, and that was two games later in a game they still won in game six. From Game Seven of the Boston series on, he's been absolutely unbeatable. He's going on like a run that is reminiscent of 2012 Jonathan Quick.
0: I don't know what else to say. Like we knew Bobrovsky. Well, I won't even say we knew. Like I, I thought Bobrovsky was done.
1: I laughed at the idea before the playoffs that Sergei Bobrovsky would start games against the Boston Bruins. I would yeah. I would have said like that is a massive mistake, yeah. and he yeah. has been even even with Matthew Kachuk been absolutely the MVP.
0: Oh, yeah. Like, he is playing so well. It's like, when if they win the cup, the Panthers do, and you look back on that Bobrovsky deal, it's going to go down as a great success because he won a cup. You won a cup. It does yeah. not matter.
1: It does not matter that there are still four years or three years left at that deal at $10 bucks. You don't care. You won one cup out of it, and you take that deal every single every time. day. Yeah, every that's what I'm day.
0: saying, man. Like, he he has a chance to make this go from being one of the worst contracts of all time. If he wins a cup and he's the, what, probably going to be the cons, my favorite, that deal is worth every single penny. Yeah. And you were also saying uh, off air too. Like if he wins a cup, he's probably a hall of famer. Bobrovsky is. Yeah. He's one of the only
1: goalies of this generation right now with multiple Vesnas, And if he wins a Stanley cup on top of that, he's been around long enough and had good enough seasons and good enough career numbers That you genuinely can make the argument that Sergei Bobrovsky, if he wins a Stanley Cup and a Conn Smythe, could be in the Hall of Fame.
0: I I think without a doubt you could. I mean, name another, like name, like you look at Hall of Fame goalies and it's like, yeah, that's pretty much right on par with where they're at. Think about the amount of goalies in recent memory that have
1: won Conn Smythes. I mean, we're talking like this is a foregone conclusion. They could very well lose the next four games. You look at the last conference finals, the Avs and the Rangers were up 2-0 at this point, and it was the Avs and the Lightning that played in the conference final. It's not over yet, but humor us here. If the Florida Panthers win the hypothetical Stanley Cup and Bobrovsky keeps playing like this, that is a strong addition to a, what has already been a solid resume. It's so crazy how quick the tune changes on a guy. Oh
0: yeah. I I kind of want to stop talking about the Panthers cuz we've been kind of a mush uh on teams uh when we like start like really accolading them, giving them their accolades uh and I really want to see the Panthers win the cup. So they're uh, the only
1: team I can tolerate left.
0: Yeah. Like I, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I don't want to put the mush on them because I really would like to see them win the cup.
1: Well, I'm gonna but, I'm gonna double down and start reading Sergey Bobrovsky's stats since let's hear it. it's against Boston. So, game seven against Boston nine seventeen. Game one against Toronto nine forty four. Game two nine forty six. Game three nine seventeen. Game four nine twenty, and game five against Toronto nine sixty two. Game one the triple the quadruple overtime is a nine sixty nine, and this game was a nine seventy four in game two. He's been unbeatable he's been an he, absolute brick wall.
0: Yeah. He's been so fucking good. And he's making just some ridiculous saves on top of it too. Like it's like, I, did you see uh on TikTok or or uh, fuck? I forgot where I saw it, but there were a bunch of Boston fans saying that like, you need to shave down the knobs of goalie sticks. Cause that's what prevented them from scoring in overtime. And it's like, yeah, that, that's what stopped them. Yeah. No, it's like, dude, like that's the goalie stick. Like he needs that to play the puck. Um But He's just making every save. And in game two against the Hurricanes, he gave up that early goal, I think it was on the Hurricanes' second or third shot.
1: Yeah. It was and didn't allow another one in. Minutes. Yeah, within the first two minutes, and then just completely shut them down the yeah. rest of the way. And I was thinking during the, the quadruple overtime, like they say Sergei Bobrovsky loses 10 pounds every single game just from the water weight and how much he sweats. How much longer do you think that overtime could have gone? before sergey bobrovsky was a skeleton
0: uh i don't know like it's a great question because you asked me that and it's like how long could they keep playing and it's like theoretically they could play forever right but, but at the same is, time there like, is the ice start to get shitty like what happens
1: right at the same time the in theory overtime will go forever in practice that will not happen yeah. there is there is a threshold to where someone steps in we just haven't found it yet
0: yeah we might like not it's... we
1: might not ever find it but in over a hundred years of the nhl the most we've ever done is six and i think it would probably take like 10 before someone steps in it's like okay maybe we should pick this up tomorrow before a guy start passing out
0: well, because what Brandon Montour played, what, like 62 minutes in that game or something ridiculous he, like that He was
1: just below 60 from what I can remember. Oh. But if it went five overtimes, he would have
0: like that's crazy. He played a full hockey game, a full hockey game, and he was still fresh. Like it's it I'm was an amazing am, I'm
1: amazed game. that they played game two as well as they did on both sides. Yeah, for it was a low scoring game, but it was still a very good game. It definitely the energy t- was there. Yeah, it took the Panthers a minute to get going. They were very bad in the first oh, period. Yeah. But they picked it up after four overtimes, just not even 48 hours ago. It was a great hockey game. This is a fantastic series.
0: Yeah, it's been awesome. And like, if you look at it from the Hurricanes' perspective, like I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Like, I think they're playing good. It's just you got to figure out a way to solve Bobrovsky. And it was what we said in the series preview with them that, If they, like, was Jordan Martin going to score 10 points again in the series? No. You have to find a way to get your contributions from Sebastian Seth Jarvis had a goal in game one. Um, I mean, you don't look at the
1: guys who are scoring for Carolina in this series. To your point, it's Seth Jarvis, Stephan Nason, and Jalen Chatfield with his first goal of the playoffs. Like, getting depth scoring is great, and that's going to be what a lot of teams ultimately take away from these playoffs is that you need – Depth scoring because it's a copycat league. So teams are going to start bringing in more depth and less focus on stars. You still need your Matthew Kachuk to come through mm-hmm. and win those games both times because Sebastian Ajo is a great player, but he's been around long enough to that we know he's not the guy. He is a very, very good player, but he is not going to single handedly take over a game. He is
0: a great number two.
1: Right. He, a he's, a, he's a great Robin, but he's not Batman. Yep. He, he yep. needs someone else to take that load, and I think this is where the Hurricanes are really missing Andrei Svechnikov.
0: Oh yeah, and I don't even think Svechnikov's that great, but at least him and him and Aho can. I, I take that Svechnikov's a great player. I don't think he's like a Batman though. Like he, he's a great player, but that's where the Hurricanes win is they just have a bunch of Robins. Like they they're a really good deep team, but when you lose Svechnikov and Aho's been non-existent in this series right uh, he, like, like
1: Martin, fine in the playoffs he's been their their top point producer in the playoffs yeah. for what that's worth but you look at what the panthers have gotten in this series they've gotten two goals from barkov who's probably been their most quiet guy in the yep. playoffs and the fact that they're this far with barkov only scoring two goals leading into this series is crazy barkov with two for has the other one and matthew kachuk with both of the overtime winners Getting depth is great, but you still need those guys to come through. And that goal Barkov scored in game two. Gross. Disgusting.
0: It, it was probably the prettiest goal of the year in the NHL. Like at that, least, that was at least
1: of the playoffs.
0: Yeah. He Sasha Barkov is a fantastic hockey player. And he gets kind of lost in the shuffle because McKinnon was drafted ahead of him. But like Barkov is the clear number two out of that draft class. Like he is so fucking good. And it's funny, you, we've, we've kind of forgotten
1: how good Barkov is because right. he, he was just okay this year. He dealt with a lot of injuries and inconsistency.
0: Oh, my fantasy team will tell you that.
1: Yeah. But like he is arguably a top 10 player in the world. And Absolutely. In, in his best seasons, he is inarguably a top
0: 10 player in the world. Was he a heart finalist last year? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. I don't think so. No, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't. Because it was Matthews, McDavid, and it might have been Roman Yossi. I think it was Yossi. Uh, I, was it Yossi? I think it was. Okay. Well, I will find that anyway. Continue. But Barkov, like it, I just love that point you made that's like, yeah, depth scoring is great, but you need your star players to make star player plays. And that's what the Pan- that's the difference in the series right now. Is the Panthers have gotten their star players to score goals and the Hurricanes haven't. And a guy who I thought going into the series would be critical is Marty Natchez. He hasn't done jack shit.
1: Yeah. I mean like We say that he hasn't done jack shit. They've been good, but they have not been able to get on the score sheet. And it was Shesterkin who was the last hard fight. Ah, Shesterkin. But yeah, even still, I mean, we're talking a lot about this series, more than the the Vegas and Dallas series, but deservedly so. I mean, this is a fascinating series. I did not expect the Panthers to win both games. Like, to me, like, I'm not counting out the Hurricanes, but the Hurricanes, this is the first time they haven't even split at home since the the 2021 playoffs where they lost both to Tampa at home and had to go into Tampa, win both, only won one, and had their season ended in five. Since then, they've been up 2-0 at home every time. And now that the Panthers have done that, they don't even have to win both at home. If they split at home, they'll win one of three down the stretch. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's such a good series, and the Panthers just – with Bobrovsky playing like this and Matthew Kachuk scoring the goals that he is and getting the contributions from everyone in their lineup. And if Barkov is getting going too, God that's I don't if know the, how much how you're stopping them
0: if the Panthers win the Cup, would this be the worst defensive, like unit to ever win a Stanley Cup?
1: It would have let's to. get way it ahead would. of
0: ourselves. It buddy. would
1: have to be close. I mean, Ekblad, Montour, Forsling, I mean, it's not that bad. I can see how that would work for a Stanley Cup team. But it's also surprising that, like, Ekblad's probably been their third, fourth best defenseman.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, fucking uh, Mahura's been playing a lot. Um, Mark Stahl somehow is still in the league. Like, I, I don't know how that's going on. Played, but... 40, played 44 minutes in yeah. quadruple <laughs> overtime like it's just it's crazy because you go look at the abs defensive core last year and it's like wow that was one of the best defensive groups of all time and then you come and if the panthers win the cup you go man maybe you don't need that good of a defensive yeah team. maybe you don't
1: <laughs> because last last year it's all about the defense and the star players and you need your guys to carry you and coming out this year of the playoffs is going to be all about depth and teams are going to try to to copycat that this year And the trade deadline's not going to mean as much next year because all the teams that went all in are not here right now. The team that went most all in is Vegas with Barbashev and Dallas with Domi. No, not super all in moves, but the Rangers and the Leafs and all the teams like the Oilers who went all in are sitting on the sidelines
0: right now. It's just crazy. Like this has just been such an anomaly of a year and like we said, the playoff prediction when we started this last year was too perfect. Like th- there were too many, there were no upsets. This year has been nothing but upsets. And but that's also
1: the thing though, is that there's only been three lower seed teams that have won in these playoffs, Florida, Seattle, and then Florida again. Yeah. So really? There haven't been that many upsets. It's just been the magnitude of every upset has come right. flipped the bracket on its head.
0: It's just crazy, man. Like it, it's, it's very, it's been a great playoffs. The second round stunk. The first round was great. The conference finals has been awesome. So I'm loving it. Uh, I guess we should talk about the Vegas Dallas yeah. one.
1: It's. All, I do want to say one thing is that if Florida does win the Stanley Cup and they play Vegas, there would be four upset or five upsets in the entire playoffs and four of them would be Florida.
0: That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. badass. I love that. That is badass.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but Florida
0: is just legit the only team that I can stomach winning.
1: Yeah. And it would also just be really funny. Oh, yeah. To me is what I value more than anything. If it's funny, I'm rooting for it.
0: Yeah. And Florida's never won one. So, like, let's just yeah. keep the – what would that be? Three of the past four Cups have been won by teams of state in Florida? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, I'd love that. Um, But let's as talk about far, the Vegas.
1: far from Canada as it could possibly yep. be.
0: Yep. It'd be even better if like Seattle wins one and it's like they're so close to Canada. <laughs> and it's like
1: <laughs> they're still right sucks, bitch. Line. Yeah, it's but, like uh, if you guys can come through immigration, you can touch it for sure.
0: Yeah, you can, you can come see the cup on its days. Um, but Vegas, Dallas, like you said, the Carolina Florida one has been so great. And this series has not been bad. It's just not uh it's just not what Carolina Florida's been. And it also doesn't help that I despise both of these teams. And like, I'm watching because I want, I want to watch hockey, but I'm also like, if both teams lose, like I'm cool with that. Yeah. if These games
1: somehow, if we have a Nashville situation where the arena and they just have to cancel the whole thing, you know, what a tragedy. I mean, yeah, just, but that'd be be so bad. But you you look at the series right now, it's been a very, very tight knit series of like, it's not Carolina, Florida, still so far through two games, one of the best series of the playoffs. And you have Vegas winning both games in overtime. And game one, fantastic game. The Stars tie it late, and the Knights win it 95 seconds in overtime. Game two, the Stars dominated most of this game. Going into the third period, the Knights had 10 shots and only finished the game with 24. I mean, they turned it on in the third. But even still, Dallas was doing a good job in the third period. And I think Ryan Suter lost his mind. And just completely mishandled a puck. And Eichel yep. gets it to Jonathan Marchessault, So ties the game. The Knights win it even quicker in overtime. And Chandler Stevenson wins it 72 seconds in. And it's 2 0 Vegas.
0: We talk about how Florida's team of destiny, but Vegas is screaming team of destiny to me, too, because they're probably the most disrespected number one seed of all time. Like you were saying, I think it was two or three episodes ago, maybe in the last, last episode. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Like, they are the number one seed in the West and they are a good team, but also like you could make the case that they shouldn't have won either of these games. (laughs) Like it's just been like, they're getting big time saves they're getting big time goals. I still think Dallas is better than them. I think Dallas has more talent than Vegas, but Vegas is finding ways to win these hockey games. And that's the last nice thing I'll say about Vegas.
1: Yeah, I mean it's been a genuinely really good. I think game one was a total toss-up. I mean, I don't I don't think you can make a case that anyone stole that game one way or another. Just Vegas, Brett Howden specifically took advantage of Jake Ottinger, who was spinning in his crease. Just
0: dude, like, could you imagine being a Stars fan and watching that? Like, that is like you can live with some goals. I have no idea what the fuck Jake Ottinger was doing on that play.
1: He was lost. He did not know where the puck was. And Brett Howden, credit to him, realized that Ottinger didn't know where the puck was and just put it in his skates. And he put it in the net himself. (sighs) It was a a 300 IQ play from Brett Howden to win it quick into overtime. And it's doubly disappointing for the Stars in different ways because they fight back to tie the game in game one with under two minutes left on the goal from Jamie Ben. And they can't finish the job and lose 95 seconds into overtime. And this time they have the lead going into the third period. And for most of the third period, and they can't hold on to it, Vegas just keeps coming and they lose early in overtime again. They, they had a shot to finish both of these games yep. and they just couldn't do it. It's not over. It, They're going to Dallas now. And I don't think the series is going to be a sweep or anything close to it, but those are tough losses.
0: It, those are tough to take because it's like, it's hard to win on the road in the playoffs and you yeah. had two great chances to win. And it's the complete opposite of what we saw in the Florida Carolina series where it was like, Florida's taking advantage of the uh, hurricanes on the road. Dallas wasn't able to take advantage of Vegas. And I thought Vegas was very beatable in both those games.
1: Yeah, they definitely were, which I think Dallas they're going to respond in this series. But the thing is we've seen it plenty of times. Like there are teams that have responded to being down two zero in the playoffs but you have to win four of the next five. There's not a lot of room for error. You can go up three to two in the series. You lose game six and all of a sudden it's game seven and the pressure's back on. There is no margin for error.
0: There's none. So I still think, like you said, I completely agree. I think Dallas would not shock me in the least if they win game three and four and it's two, two, and then it's a best of three series. That's
1: that's what I think is going to happen. I think Dallas is going to take both in Dallas, but the way Vegas is playing, they're just, They just don't die. They just keep coming. They remind me a lot of Florida. They just keep coming and they don't stop. And they're getting superstar level production from Eichel and Mark Stones coming through for them as well. And Aiden Hill, credit to him, is just doing his goddamn job. Like he is just doing enough for them to win. I'm not saying he's been Bobrovsky level, but he's doing enough. He's giving them what they need to win hockey games. That's all you can ask for. And Ottinger hasn't.
0: Oh, dude, Jake Ottinger has been the biggest disappointment of these playoffs so far. Maybe it was not fair of us to put those type of expectations on him. But when you have the performance that you had in the playoffs before where you almost single handedly won a series for your team, I think most people expect you to be able to repeat that performance. And it's not like he's been like 900 level bad. He hasn't just
1: he hasn't been abysmal. It's just there's been times in the Minnesota series and in the Seattle series it's not even like he's been bad in the Vegas series, but he hasn't been able to come up with the big stop that Sergei Bobrovsky on the other side has and Aiden Hill has in this series.
0: It's very funny because when you look at the final four teams, Jake Ottinger is the best goalie on paper based off regular season by far of all the four left. But he's playing like the fourth yeah,
1: right now. he the worst one of yeah. all four or five starting goalies because Ronta started game two for Carolina over Freddie, which... I mean, that's the right choice because Freddie was run into the ground in game yeah. one. But Ottinger, like they need more from him if they're gonna win this series. They they are not gonna be able to come back down 2-0 if Ottinger is even just okay. They need him to be spectacular.
0: Yep. They absolutely need him to be spectacular. And I I think he's going to bounce back from what we've seen so far. Like he he's he's getting better. It's just like he's better at home. He's been better at home than he has been on the road, but they need him to step up. Like Jason Robertson got a goal in game one and two. Yeah. Like he's, he's heating up. Like the stars have like a chance to, yeah. to go all the way. They just need Jake Ottinger to step up. And did Yanni Hockenpoth play today or did, was he out again?
1: I genuinely have no idea. Yeah. I know he's been
0: out recently. I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't think so. Cause he hasn't been very good,
0: but yeah. well,
1: he was hurt. Yeah. But even before that, he wasn't very good. Yeah.
0: But I don't know, man. Like that—that's gonna be another interesting series. I—I'd be lying if I said I was watching that with like as much as I'm watching the Florida Carolina series. Uh, I'm—I'm I'm watching the game, but I'm also just like fucking around on my phone. I mean, it's also awesome.
1: it. there's double-edged sword to 3 p.m. Eastern time on a Sunday, yeah. where it's like I would love to sit and watch hockey, but I've also been cooped up inside doing finals all week, and I yeah. like go out and do something. So I'll listen on my phone while I'm out doing things and be back for the third hey everybody hope you've been enjoying this episode so far interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook as right now new customers can make a five dollar bet and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly as we get towards the end of the first round and into the beginning of the second round DraftKings has got you covered with same game parlays and all of the best lines and odds you can hope for on any sportsbook. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. See show notes for details at DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Now, back to the episode.
0: Yeah, I I went to. uh Did you? It was right by your uh your hotel you stayed here. That Prost place. That what? The what? Prost, like that 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 beer garden right next to you. Remember oh, the first hotel you yes, stayed at? Yes. Yeah, 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 I went there today. I was um, so confused. I thought you meant like by me. I was like, what? No no, 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 dogs. no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. When you came out here, I went there today. It was fucking cool. I ate so many carbs, dude. Like, I, 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 it was my cheat day today on my diet. I had like a pretzel. I had two like fucking pints of beer. I had some potatoes. Like, it was just, dude, it's a great place. But I wow. was watching the game kind of in the background just because it's like, if there's one game that like I don't need the volume for, it's this game.
1: Yeah. Dude, pretzels are fucking dangerous, man.
0: Dude, they're so fucking good. And I literally like I'm watching my carbs and my sister just orders like three more big pretzels. I'm like, dude, you know, I'm going to eat all of these. And like, have you had German mustard before? Yes. Holy fuck, dude. It was so bad. I, I, I'm I in a carb like fucking hibernation right now. My body's like, what are you doing with all these carbs? But uh the
1: the the prets even the pretzel rolls that they have at the oh. grocery store like just the i i forget the brand but they come in the four pack yep. like the one exactly you're supposed you're, you're about supposed about to them. use them for sandwiches yeah i just i eat them plain too i, I rip them, I rip them apart like a fucking caveman i can't stand them they're I do so the same good. shit dude i have them I for breakfast pretzels, sometimes the so same way
0: the same way you would a croissant just yeah. the, the goddamn they're so good oh I whenever i can get a pretzel bun i'm getting a fucking pretzel bun they are the best
1: they are the they're a crime honestly
0: it's not fair. I was, but, at the, uh, I,
1: was at, I was at the mall today and Auntie Anne's, I can't resist it. Every oh, day, it's a weakness.
0: Yeah. I, I never get their, uh, uh, their cinnamon sugar ones. Like they're good, but like their salt ones are just so much better. Like the salt, mini- the salt
1: ones are unbelievable.
0: Yeah. They're- so, but yeah, that's, that, that's a good, uh, like if you want to see how Griffin and I's minds work, when we don't want to talk about teams that we hate, we end up talking about pretzels. Okay. So because I love
1: pretzels. I yeah, I love, love pretzels. pretzels
0: I, I hate Vegas and I hate Dallas and it's hard to be like, give thoughtful, um, inside on these games when it's like, I want both these teams to yeah. lose. I want both these fan bases to be as sad as possible. Gun to your and, head.
1: You want to win the series answer now? Five, four, three, two, one Dallas. Okay. I'm go I go Vegas honestly just because I don't want the Stanley Cup in division.
0: Uh see, I'd rather have Dallas just because I feel like Vegas fans have been so spoiled to start. <sighs> and although like in a dream world both of these teams losing the Stanley Cup final is peak comedy for me.
1: Yeah. Like I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I can't deny my gut instinct that I just don't want Dallas to win or be successful. I don't know. Cause That's I, hate fair. I hate Vegas too. And I, whoever wins this series, I need them to lose in the funnel. Even oh, if, you're... even if Carolina comes back, I will root for them over whoever wins this. series.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I am cheering for the East team to win the cup this year without a doubt,
1: especially if it's Florida, but just, just yeah. for some reason, I find it more palatable for the Knights. Just I don't I don't know if they've gotten rid of some players that I don't like. They got rid of DeBoer, who bothered me, and now he's on Dallas. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I, I don't know. It it this team feels less whiny than before. It kind of feels more like they're kind of earning it right now. <sighs> more, more than Dallas. I hate saying that, but I can tolerate this team more than I did in the past, which is a far cry from me saying I like them. Cause I yeah, I hate this team's guts. But I feel like I can palette it a little
0: more. See, I, I, I think you're right. I just also think them losing in the cup final would be so fucking funny again. Oh yeah, like I,
1: I, I want them to win this. At once is a strong word. I would prefer them to win this series and get smoked in the final.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but we'll have to see. I, I like, like we said, earlier, I, I would not be shocked if this series is two two by the time we talk next Sunday. Yeah,
1: I completely. So, agree.
0: But. I mean that is we can continue on the
1: conference final for a second. Do you think there's anything the Avs can learn from teams that are in the conference final right now? Anything that we can take into next year?
0: Uh, get healthy. Um, I know that's a biased take, but it in my heart of hearts, if the Avs were healthy this year and Landy played, Leckanim was good. Val didn't have that shit happen to him. Kale McCarr is fully healthy. Like. Fully healthy is a strong word if they were like 85% because I still think Kale McCarr was playing at like 65% Kale McCarr was not a hundred percent healthy. Even that might've been a lot. Yeah. Like in my heart of hearts, I believe that if this team was healthy, they're right here right now. Like there's no question about it in my mind. And like that's bias. I know. And it's revisionist history because I do like, I think that the abs are this good, but if this team was healthy, they would have won the cup again this year. I like, still, I still, know if but I
1: will, I will take that to the grave that if this team was healthy, I don't know if, I don't know if they win the whole thing, but they're not out round one. No, not at all. They're at no, least they're... going back to the conference final right now.
0: Yeah. And it's, it sucks because it doesn't suck. Like this is hockey. People get hurt. Like it, there's nothing you can do about it. This if is... they're like, Maybe like because it's like the depth pieces that we added, I thought were OK. It was going to be hard to replace Burakovsky, Kadri. Like it was going to be tough to replace him. Rodriguez came in and he was good. Newhook didn't take that next step like we were hoping. Like Helm was hurt all year. Cogliano broke his fucking neck like it. The lower the bottom six, which was probably our Achilles heel all year, never really got a chance to be what it was at the beginning of the season that we thought it was going to be right. And. Even still, if you
1: just got a little bit from your oh, yeah. six, just like a two goals, two goals that's all the series for in that entire series. You're on to round two. Do you get smoked by Dallas? Probably, but I don't you know, know the way
0: Ottinger played in that second series. I think yeah,
1: it I mean have a that's one of the things. It probably we probably wouldn't have beat Dallas, but it probably would have hurt because it yeah. probably would have been closer than maybe it should have been. But that's that's also the thing about the playoffs is that you never know.
0: You never know. And it's, it's, I like, I, I really think that if this team was healthy, we, we would still be doing our post game pods after every, after every game. Because I, I fully believe last that. time we saw this team healthy, they want to fucking stamp the cup. Yeah. Like, and even,
1: and even then they were still hurt.
0: Yeah. And like Josh Manson, we forget Josh Manson, how good Josh Manson was last year before he got hurt this year. Like if this team was healthy, they probably are still playing hockey right now. And, If there's anything you can learn, like find a way to get more depth pieces added, but you can only do so much with the salary cap. Like it's just the way it is,
1: man. I I think that's the only thing you can learn because when you have Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen and Kale McCarr, who were all spectacular in the Seattle series, especially Rantanen and McKinnon, like you you dig into the numbers, no matter what analytics or eye test you're using, those were two of the best players of the first round in McKinnon. And it it wasn't really entirely close either. They were completely dominant in that series. They were
0: dominant, but the one player who was just as good as them was Philip Grubauer.
1: Right. And you just find a way to surround them with a little more help in the bottom and just get more production and stay healthy. The ABS are going to be back here next year. Like we're talking.
0: Game seven was lucky bounces. Like Seattle got two lucky bounces, and that's how they won game seven.
1: Exactly. We're talking about two game sevens for the Seattle Kraken, one where they got lucky and one where they didn't. And what were the results? They won one where they were lucky and they lost the one where they weren't both by the same score of two to one.
0: Yep. It's
1: how it it goes in the playoffs.
0: And it's tough, but like, I don't think the abs can learn anything from these teams because I think a lot of these teams kind of copied what the abs did last year. Right. Necessarily. But it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm so fucking excited for next year. I really am. like it, it's it's only been what three weeks we haven't had the Avs, maybe it's less been than
1: that in a little more than three weeks since game seven.
0: Jesus feels like it's been three months. yeah. um but I'm so excited for this season, dude. like I, i'm I'm already itching to get going again.
1: I'm in complete agreement with you. But for now, we're gonna move off of the conference finals for a little bit and get back to the Avs. And finally, for the first time in podcast history, open up the mailbag. For the first time, we've had some of you send some questions our way, and we are going to read them and answer them right here on the pod. And if you want to ask questions for future episodes, it will be in the description of the podcast. I'll be retweeting it every now and again on the podcast Twitter. But if you've got any questions about the Avs, or just the NHL in general, or just for some reason about us, feel free to ask them there, and we will answer them. And we've got a good handful of questions today that we are going to answer, and we are going to start with a question from our guy, Quentin, who had me on his YouTube a few weeks ago. Go check him out. And he asks, for Landis Gog's contract being on LTIR, who is your favorite bandage player for the year at the $7 price point range that's the only way to make the contract worth it hopefully coming off LTIR in a year. So basically, what do you want to do with the Landeskog money? And if you had to spend it all on one player for one year, who would that be?
0: The one player I'd do it for the whole year is Ryan O'Reilly. Um, but my honest to answer is I think you get two or three players with that 7 million. That's where I'd actually do it. But if you're asking me just for one player, it'd be Ryan O'Reilly.
1: Yeah. I mean, the the I think the only smart thing to do with that money is to not put yourself in a Landeskog like situation right. again, where you let's say you use half of that to sign Evan Rodriguez and bring him back at three point five, and you spend another two million bucks to get a third line center, another million bucks to just fill out your bottom six. I think that's how you can best make use of the Landeskog money because like you could bring in William Nylander for one year at like a few thousand dollars South of $7 million. And I'm sure he would be great here and fit in perfectly fine. But then once the playoffs roll around again, is William Nylander with the superstars we have at the top going to be enough to help take this team on another run when we're seeing in the playoffs that you need your third and fourth lines. And like we saw when the abs won the cup, you need those guys to come through for you. And also, if we're gonna spend big money, I like what you said of O'Reilly. I don't think he takes a one-year contract. Yeah. But if it's if you're gonna spend big, big money on one guy for one year, it needs to be down the middle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It needs to be a center, and it needs to be a second-line center, which even seven million is a lot to pay for a second-line center. But I think we're both on the same page that this money needs to be dispersed to multiple players. Yes, Get really good players that can. Jump up into the top six when need be, but are also comfortable playing in the, in the bottom six. And there's going to be those players that get out there, whether it's trade or free agency, they're going to find them.
1: Yeah. They're going to find ways to bring in guys on valuable contracts for not a super long time. Like they're going to find some diamonds in the rough for, for the $1 million kind of ranges they're gonna make use of this Landeskog money, but I would be genuinely surprised if they threw all their eggs into one basket onto to one player, whether it's William Nylander or anyone in that price range. I really do see them just three point five for Erod and splitting out the rest of that seven million dollars to to fill out their offense because there's a lot that needs to be done this Correct. offseason when you look at. their offense right now because they have their top line set with Lekin and McKinnon and Rantanen. They have no second line center and they have no left winger right now. And we don't know what's going on with Val. We could very well for all we know, not have a second line at this point. Like there's going to be a lot that still needs to be done. And you're going to have to find ways to bring in guys for cheap and figure out a way to, to make that work.
0: Yep. Absolutely. But it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what they do. We actually have flexibility, which I feel like we haven't had flexibility in a long time.
1: Yeah. I mean, we the Avs surprisingly have a good amount of money to work with this offseason. Even if the cap is only going to go up $1 million, which it's been rumored to for a little bit now, they still have money to work with. I mean, people are treating this team like it's in cap hell. I mean, it's not the perfect situation, but if you put Landis Gog on IR, you've got 20 million bucks which it's not a ton considering the amount of open spots on the lineup. I mean, guys that you currently have under contract on your offense is five. You have (laughs) Lekkinen, McKinnon, Rantanen, Nachushkin, and Logan O'Connor. Those are the guys that you currently have contracted to play for the Colorado Avalanche right now on offense. On defense, you've got Gerard, McCarr, Tays, and Manson, and you can also put Curtis McDermott and Brad Hunt in there don't know why you would, but you can do that. So you've at least got a good portion of your defense and both of your goalies figured out. But there's probably going to be some big turnover on offense this offseason. And we'll get into more of that pretty soon on yeah. some coming episodes. So we're going to leave that question there. Quentin, appreciate your question, my friend. And then next question from our guy, Peterman, asking if the imaginary XHL opened each game with a fight instead of a face-off. Would you approve?
0: The barbarian in me that loves watching fights and like I've really gotten back into UFC recently. Uh yeah, that'd kick ass. But also for the long term health of the players, uh yeah, probably not a good idea. But Curtis McDermott would be a top line center if yeah. if each game started with a fight. He'd start every game.
1: Yeah, you'd get the puck every single time. Yeah. I mean, it's different if like if that is a well-established thing that happens, and the players who sign the contract know yeah. that is a th- That's very different when you have like willing combatants who are willing to do this. In that case, go crazy. I approve. But yeah. it's sometimes different in the NHL with like hits from behind and hits to right. the end that I have a problem with. Willing combatants who are like, we are going to fight each other go for it if, you, yeah, if I, you know what you're getting yourself into that is your choice
0: i almost would rather spin this in that if like let's say whenever there's a fight and whoever wins the fight that team gets a penalty shot
1: that'd be <laughs> fucking love cool that, see now we're, working, cool. now we're working with something here the xhl wait you have a fight and if you win that fight you have you have the judges scorecards and right. they, they all light up on the scoreboard after a fight and if you win the fight penalty shot i dig it
0: that would kick ass man because yeah. then it would, they would make never fights. they'd
1: never stop fighting
0: yeah well honestly i think there were the fights would be about the same as they are right now it's just like could you imagine like let's say you're down three one and you get one of these other teams to go into a fight you get a penalty shot you win the fight you're right back into this fucking game like that'd be cool um because then that would make fighting actually have like some meaning yeah. in it and right and now it, would... it just kind of feels like Let's just fight each other and then it's just let's go sit in the box for five And minutes.
1: it would it would satisfy the bloodlust of all the right. people that want to see who call everyone who takes a headshot soft in the NHL and still think concussions are like a thing that can be prevented if you just get like tougher or something. Right. It would keep them happy. And then we get to enjoy the NHL over here just without the traumatic brain trauma. I, yeah, I it, it, I we
0: would get that. way back into the nineties of like hockey. But, like, Curtis McDermott and, like, Ryan Reeves would be integral parts of the team. Oh, because yeah. They, they would be franchise faces. Yeah. Like, you'd need them to, like, keep fighting so you can get a penalty shot. But, like, I know people are going to say, oh, we don't need more fighting. I think the fights would actually stay the same as what they are right now because you realize the repercussions of the fight if you lose. Right. You have a penalty shot.
1: It's If it serves a purpose and has a genuinely defined rule set, it'll figure itself out. Right. In this, in this purely hypothetical situation that will never happen, but yeah. still it'd be cool it would be very cool so that was a cool question I like thank that one you Peter for that one this one's not really a question but it is something that I agree with from baller 21 bring back the Nordiques jersey
0: yeah that that's really not a I don't think many people would debate that like the Nordiques
1: no. jersey is that's just why I don't think like, that, I think that's why it wasn't a question it's just yeah it's just the, the colors
0: the it's just so great It's we talked about it. Maybe we do that this summer list, like the top five hockey jerseys of all time when we get into it. But the Nordiques like on every list is one of the highest ones. Like it's them and the Hartford Whalers. Like people get that nostalgia factor with them. And I get why when they came to Colorado, they changed all of that because it's like, it's a new team, a new brand. But could you imagine if they would have just kept the logo and we were the Colorado Nordiques that would fucking kick so much ass.
1: Yes, I, do, I. It's one of the best looking jerseys in NHL history, and the reverse retro that the ABS did with the Nordiques logo is one of the greatest jerseys of all time, oh, yeah. bar none. One of my most prized why, possessions. I don't know why they just stopped. They should have just. They should have just found a way to make that an alternate jersey.
0: Yeah, they should have. The Avs have had some great jerseys though, but the that, 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 that Nordiques one is is one of the best.
1: Yeah. The Avs just constantly produce just fire jerseys. Like yeah. I'm, I'm looking at the reverse retro Nordiques one right now. It is a rhyme that we did that in a season where we couldn't have fans.
0: And it was only, they only wore them for like five games.
1: Yeah. And they weren't for five games. It is one of, if not the best Jersey this team has ever produced.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's great. Um, I like, Because I love the Avs logo. I think the Avs logo is kind of an underrated logo. I think it gets some shit, but it's – like, their primary logo is good. Like, it's a really good logo. It's simple. It's clean. It's recognizable. But that Nordiques one is, like, one of the best logos. The Nordiques logo is also just very simple.
1: Right. But it's perfect. It checks the boxes of being both nostalgic, classic, and just good. It's a good jersey. I don't want it to replace the Avs jersey or logo – but it should be something that they roll out as an
0: alternate more than once in a generation. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. Like it's it's weird that they've dove more deep into like the, the Colorado Rockies uniforms more recently Um, because like I associate the Nordiques more with the abs than I do the Colorado Rockies. Right. Personally. Right. Because
1: uh, the the rock are the Rocky. Is that the devils now or that? Yeah. It's the devils. Okay. I can never remember that one, but
0: yeah, like, and it's, don't get me wrong. The, the third Jersey that the avs have, that's one of the best logos in sports too. It's one of the best third jerseys, well, but it's like, you have the Nordiques logo right there, right? It's right there.
1: I mean, whoever's making the jerseys at the avalanche should get erased. Like they just yeah. produce nothing but heat over and over again. Right. And, like even the, the Jersey changes that they've made over the year, people have stuck around this show for a long time would know that I wasn't always the biggest fan of that, but it's really grown on me. Which
0: one? The third one?
1: No, just like the general jersey changes that they've made. Oh yeah, the normal home and away jerseys, like oh with
0: like the blue helmets, the blue numbers, and all that shit. Like
1: phasing out some of the black for blue. I didn't like it at first because I don't like change, but it's really grown on me. Yeah, it's clean. Yeah, it looks really nice. It genuinely looks good. I think my problem when it first came out is the the blues didn't match. I think that like the number didn't match the pants somehow and that always bothered me but i think they fixed that so yeah. now it looks good
0: yeah it looks good it, it's it's tough i do think they're going to bring the nordiques more into it because it's just such a it's a perfect jersey but we need to see more of that and fanatics don't fuck this up man i don't i think, don't I think
1: the only reason they don't is they don't want to rule out quebec getting an expansion team
0: yeah but they won't get to keep the nordiques logo anyway
1: i mean they would be pretty upset if they couldn't but also yeah But also, fuck you.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, that's not going to happen for at least another five to ten years. 20.
1: Yeah. They're they're not getting the next expansion team.
0: Right. So it's like, just use the fucking uniform. Like, it's perfect.
1: Perfect. But that's the only reason I can think of that they don't just go full hog with the Nordiques stuff is like, they don't want to completely rule out the Nordiques. and Yeah. Maybe when the Coyotes thing gets sorted out and we're sure they're not going to Quebec then you might see a little more of it. But anyway, I fully agree. Bring back the Nordiques jerseys. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsors at Raycon. If you're anything like me, you've been asking yourself the question of what is wrong with headphones today? Why is everything so expensive? Why does everything sound so bad? And why does it just never fit in my ears? But thankfully, our sponsor today at Raycon has got you covered. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Raycon believes that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of those other big name tech brands. They have easy and free return guarantees. And best of all, they've got plenty of features. Three customizable sound profiles, noise isolation, crystal clear call quality, and eight hours of playtime on their everyday earbuds. And they're water and sweat resistant. And what I love the most, they fit. They've got custom gel tips for the perfect, most comfortable, in-ear fit. What a crazy concept. Headphones that actually fit in your ears. So what are you waiting for? Go to Raycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's by Raycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Now, back to the episode. Moving on to the next one from Chris Cordova, big fan of the show. Always appreciate you, my friend. Asking, What's the backup goalie situation going forward? Also said he loves the show. Thank you, Chris. We love you too. But asking, what's the backup goalie situation going forward, in your opinion, Christian?
0: I mean, you have Pablo Francis under contract for another year. Uh, I think he's going to be the backup next year. The year after that, you're hoping that Eustace Hannon is ready to go. Um, but it, it's Frankie's spot for right now. Like, I know Frankie's had a ton of injuries lately. I know. Um because he's what played what maybe one full year in the past 4 now at this point even that it might yeah. because you look at the last few seasons going
1: into 18 1819 he played 2 games and then in 1920 he played 34 games did not play the next season and then comes back and plays 21 and plays 7 games in the playoffs too and then this year he played 16 yeah he struggled a lot with injuries he missed an entire season because of injuries after what happened in the bubble i think it's a fair question to ask about what they're gonna do at backup because just because he's under contract doesn't mean they can't do anything they have one more year at two million dollars do you just roll with the guy that you have and that you know when he's healthy is a good backup but can you trust him to be healthy because we've seen a lot of the time that you can't.
0: Yeah, I, I think he's going to start the year as the backup. I would not be shocked if they sign like someone to replace Jonas Johansson uh, to be that third string. It might be Keith Kincaid. It might I be I
1: I think that honestly is what they're going to do. Yeah. I think they're going to sign Keith Kincaid as a bona fide third option and run Frankie out there one more year with
0: maybe the expectation that Kincaid's going to play a little bit. I think that's more than likely what's going to happen because he's going to – Frankie's going to get that chance. He's been with the team now for five-plus years. Uh, he He's – like you said, when he's healthy, he's probably one of the best backups in the league, like probably a French starter for some teams. Yeah. But the problem is he can't stay healthy. And yeah, granted, he is older. He's in his mid-30s, right? He's like 30, 33. 32. 32. <clears throat> like – he probably only has a couple more years left. I think you ride it out this year. And if it's another year of injuries, we're talking like maybe they trade for someone at the deadline again, but I don't think anyone's going to like, you can't trade Frankie because he's kind of damaged goods at this point.
1: Yeah. I and... think, I think you can get something for Frankie, but you need to have a plan in place. Yeah. Like you can't just trade Frankie cause oh he's injured. Like you need to sign somebody And then if a team misses out on the very weak goalie musical chairs, that's going to happen this free agency, you could get something for him, but I just, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think so.
0: I think it's Frankie. Who's going to be the backup. Georgiev showed he can handle the workload this year. See, but but...
1: that's also the thing is that we were very blessed that Georgiev was ready and was very good and did not get hurt. If he struggled down the stretch was clearly tired or got hurt this is a much bigger conversation. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But as we stand right now, I think Frankie's going to be back next year, and you just got to hope he stays healthy and can play thirty games.
1: Yeah, because you, I don't think you can do what you did to Gjorgiev again. No, I think you, I think you got by and got very lucky.
0: Yeah, that he well, didn't and hurt the th- himself. The thing is, is it's like there's very few goalies on planet Earth who can handle that workload, and their names are Andre Vasilevsky and Connor Halbuck. Right. Those are the only goalies in the NHL who can handle 60-plus games. That's it.
1: Right. And if you if you play Georgiev like that again, you're playing with fire. It's a ticking time bomb. Yeah, it's a time bomb. I mean, it, when we played the Predators last year in the playoffs, there was no UC Soros in that right. because that's
0: what they did, and they paid for it. Yep. Yep. So I think it's Frankie. I would not be shocked, though, if it's Kincaid back and he's expected to play some games. Yeah.
1: So I, I agree. It's going to be Frankie next year because when he is healthy, he is good and a very serviceable backup, if not very, very good backup and a guy that you probably don't win the Stanley cup without you don't win the Stanley cup without him got you through the Edmonton series and the end of the Nashville series. Was able to get you to the Stanley Cup final and was very good in the six games that he played. He was a he was, there was seven games that he played. He was a nine oh six. He got you by the same way that you did with Darcy Kemper in the playoffs. It's a guy that when he is healthy, you know you can throw him in there. He's gonna have a bad game every now and again, but most of the time for a backup goalie, he is very reliable and he's I, solid. I think it's you just... take you take that chance at two million dollars, but you need a good backup option you need yep. a plan c and it can't be ananine because he's not ready can it be keith kincaid we'll see but i think they do need to invest not an insignificant amount of money into third goalie yeah it's been, it, it, it been a problem for more than like yeah i mean the third goalie's played every like past two and a half years that we've been yeah. doing the show as, as long as i've been doing this show third goalie has been a big problem yep devin dubnik baby yeah. devin dubnik <laughs> And oh man, I totally just blanked on his name. What was his name? The, Jonas the, Johansson? No, not jo- who's before Jojo. I'm totally blanking. You gotta help me. Oh, Hunter Miska? Was it Miska?
0: Yeah. Was
1: it Hunter Miska? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, for, that, that was the name in my head, but for some reason I didn't think that was right.
0: I remember Hunter Miska because I went and saw when they played the Coyotes in the the COVID year, and the Avs were up like three nothing with yes. like a minute left, and he gave up two goals, and I was like, what the fuck?
1: Yes. Okay. I For some reason, I thought it was someone other than Hunter Misca, but you're completely right. It was Hunter Misca, and that's been going on as long as the show has been going. Yeah. So that's our thoughts on the backup goalie situation. This is a question from Josh from Arizona that we're going to talk about a lot in the offseason, and we'll briefly address it here too. It's it's a lot of questions wrapped up into one asking, we need depth scoring, especially at 2C. Do we trade Gerard to get that 2C, and who would we target? This is a question that we are going to cover substantially before the abs eventually do get that second line center. But I specifically want to focus on, do you trade Gerard for that second line center in this question from Josh? I think it's a possibility that that happens, even if it's not directly for a second line center, I can see a situation where the abs move Gerard for picks and flip those picks for a second line center and maybe other things too.
0: Yeah. I know we, me and you both have been on the, uh, like don't trade Sam Gerrard for something stupid, but it kind of seems like at this point, I think it's more likely that he gets moved this off season than any other previous three years. Like It, it, it seems more likely this year.
1: It's not a guarantee, but it depends on some of the other contracts that get handed out before the the ufa class opens if byram gets if byram gets a long-term contract for pretty significant money i think that spells the end for sam gerrard if evan rodriguez costs a little more than we're expecting you're gonna need to still be able to fill out the rest of your team and sam gerrard i was looking at guys like defensemen specifically who could get traded this offseason it's not a huge list Nope. Not, not a lot of guys that I could really come up with like quality top four defensemen that are going to get moved. It's not a lot of them. And Sam Girard has value on that contract at $5 million or it's still four or five more seasons still. yep, He'll fetch you a very nice return. If he is traded, it doesn't have to directly be for a second line center though. You can get a good haul of picks or players that you can go turn around and flip to my favorite example, Arizona
0: for Nick Schmaltz in that kind of instance. Yep. No, I completely agree. It's, I don't want to trade Sam Gerard. I think he's, he's, he's going to go down as one of the more like frustrating players because you know how good he can be and he just always gets picked on. But right now, he is probably our most valuable trade asset.
1: He is our most valuable trade yeah. asset. Because we don't have a lot else. Unless unless you can somehow flip the 27th overall pick into a second line center, which you might be able to do if you can target the right guy. It's not a total no, but it's going to be hard. It's
0: going to be really hard. And I just, it it feels like the signs are pointing to he's going to get moved this offseason because if the Avs do have one organizational depth right now, it is defensemen. Like they they can do that. And we've seen with like the Jack Johnsons, like
1: But that's that's the thing. That could go very quickly. We could oh, be, yeah. we could be sitting here next off season having traded Sam Girard this off season, Devontaes walks and Josh Manson just never recovers from his injury and all of a sudden we're talking our defense has been completely decimated.
0: Well my thing is is if you trade Sam Girard, I think that means that Devontae's is coming back.
1: Well, that's also the thing, is that if Sam Girard goes Devontae's gets a lot of leverage in yeah. negotiations where you're going to have to figure out what to do with Byram. And you can start talking to Devontae's about a contract extension on July 1st. Yep. And you're going to get a sense on what to do. So it's a very, it's a very complicated question because I can definitely see Sam Gerrard getting moved, not because he's bad, but because he's valuable. But I also don't see them making that decision before they know what Devontae wants. Yeah. But that also means that's after the draft, so there are going to be probably good second line centers that have already been traded. So maybe you talk to Devon early if that's allowed, uh, and try to find out what that entails. And
0: here's the thing: I'm sure they already kind of have
1: a ballpark of they, it. They, I feel like they know. I mean, yeah. what what do GMs do all day? I mean, I yeah. feel like you know what he wants it might just be a matter of negotiating that price down yeah but i don't think you can make a true decision on sam gerrard until you have an idea of what byram costs and what taze is going to cost for the future because if you can get those two locked up that does make sam gerrard expendable and you would what did i just talk about where you have most of your defense for next year pretty locked up and four forwards at some point you might need to make that trade off and Correct. start spreading some of that money around to your forwards.
0: I agree. So it's it's going to be interesting like real quick pivot what, what do you think Devon Taves gets? If not nah, like it can't be less than 7.
1: There's no shot it's anything less than 7. I think I think high end 8.5, low end 7.5. 8.5 if he's a UFA I think yeah. if, if he goes on the market, I think high end, he gets eight and a half. If he stays, I think seven and a half is pretty realistic. I mean, yeah. this, this is a guy that last year was getting Norris votes, even yeah. with Kale McCarr on his team. It almost hurt Kale McCarr's case for the Norris with how good Devon Taze was last year. And I've seen the conversation of, oh, he took a bit of a step back this year, which is technically true. He just wasn't top 10 defenseman in the world. Maybe he was top 20. He he was still very good. Had some mistakes, but people point like, oh, he wasn't very good in the Seattle series. He had like 10 points. He was was our second leading point. I think he had nine points actually, but he was still our second leading point scorer ahead of Nathan McKinnon in that series. He had some very, very public mistakes in that series, but he was still excellent. And in the regular season, had his gaffes, but was still excellent because a lot of the things that Devontae does well do not get noticed.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly the point. He he's when he makes a mistake, it's more magnified because you're just so used to him not making mistakes. So it's like, ah oh, shit, well, Devontae's like I can't believe he did. It's like, well, we've just we're just spoiled with the fact that he never makes mistakes. Yeah. So but yeah, that was a great question. Like And like Griffin said, we're going to talk more about that in the upcoming weeks because that's basically like the whole premise of what our show is going to be in the like next that, couple
1: That lines. might be an entire episode of yeah. talking about Second Line Center and is Sam Girard going to get traded for that. But the Devontae's thing for the next year, over a year, is going to be a very interesting question of does Devontae stay in Colorado? Because from July 1st on, it's going to be a question. And if it's not done, it's going to be a question that hangs over the team the entire season. Can they
0: afford Devontae's? How cool would it be if he signed for like $5 million?
1: <laughs> I, would buy, I would buy his jersey. Yeah. I would buy. How five, cool would that be? I would buy five Devontae's jerseys if he took Ugh. a $900,000 pay <laughs> increase.
0: That'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. But he also kind of strikes me as a guy who would do that type of shit and just be like, oh, I don't care, man. I like where I'm at.
1: I also think you have to consider with the extension Devon when he signs this contract, where when this contract kicks in, is going to be 30. Yeah. And if you're giving him a five, six-plus-year contract...
0: You we, don't want to Brent Seabrook yourself here.
1: Or even just... A guy like Eric Johnson, who yeah. was very good when he signed that contract and was good throughout the contract, but six million's a lot of money. Yeah. And stopped you from doing maybe some other things that you like to do. It just so happened to help that Nathan McKinnon also took six million dollars, yeah. which certainly helped things along a little bit. But Devon Taze was a late bloomer in his career. And he's been fantastic with the abs. But sometimes you see those guys like have four to five years of excellence. And then one day they're just not there anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's
1: it's not, it's something to think about. I 100% think this team needs to keep Devontae's if they can. We have seen what this team is like without him. And I don't want him to go anywhere. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's going to be an interesting conversation for the next year. That get, get very used to this conversation about Devontae's because it's going to take up a lot of time on this show, on every other app show you listen to all the apps content you read and all the Twitter comments are going to be about Devontae's yes. get very used to this because until he's either signed or he's not, this is going to be the conversation.
0: Absolutely. Completely agree. And I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah. So we'll see where that goes with Taze in time. We'll stop with this question for today from Stefan or Steven. I'm sorry. That's... I I can't, I have to figure (laughs) out how to pronounce your name just based on that. I'm going to say, Stephen, genuine opinion on the Dallas Stars.
0: They're a good team. Um, Disappointed me so far. Yeah, they're good, and they're in the
1: conference final, and they probably deserve to be, but they also kind of don't at the same time because they were a little disappointing in that Seattle series. And they just barely got by. Robertson has been very good, but not to the kind of expectations that we've right. been expecting from. Him. Hintz has been excellent. Ottinger's been been okay. Yeah. I, I, I think this team has problems still that they need to figure out. And I think one of them is how to get Ryan Souter off the top there.
0: Yeah. Like they're a good team. They're a flawed team. And I've been disappointed because I, maybe I had my expectations set too high for them.
1: Yeah. I think looking at this defense right now and seeing what Vegas has been able to do to them at certain points in this. Not surprising. Not very surprising. They need more. I mean, Merrill Heiskanen finally picked up a goal today in game two of this series, his first goal of the playoffs. He's been fine, but for a guy that gets hyped up is like, Oh, he's, just as good as Kale McCarr. We don't regret that pick at all. He needs to be more of a game breaker. Right. He needs to be more like Kale McCarr and less like Devontae's. Where Devontae's is excellent, Kale McCarr is one of the best players in the world.
0: And but he... I think that goes back to your point, though. They need to get Ryan Suter off that top pair. Because exactly. if you gave Miro Haskin and I think a Devontae's-like player, we would see that. But he has to handle so much of the defensive load that I think his offense kind of... Gets a little bit forgotten.
1: I, th- I think that's a fantastic point is that high has to carry so much of the defensive load on this team that it really does limit his offense a lot right. of time. And then when you, ha- when you play such a perfect game, like high in game two was outstanding, but when you have your defensive partner, just gift wrap a puck to the other team, what's he supposed to do about that? He're, he exactly. is sending a live grenade to the Vegas golden Knights and they put it in the back of the net. It's what do you want? And it's like Esselindell is solid. Colin Miller's okay. Thomas Harley's young. He might blossom into that side. What
0: happened to that Lundquist kid they traded
1: for? Is he hurt? He's. Just, I guess he's just not playing. He, uh, according to Cat Friendly, he's just scratched.
0: Jesus! They trade a first round pick for that guy.
1: Yeah, they trade. I mean, he's he's young. He's twenty two. I'd never really got that trade, but I mean, he was fine in the regular yeah. season. But they traded a first round pick for a guy who played twenty five NHL games. I mean, Oof. and it's, and it's a pick that's gonna be low first, so maybe it doesn't even turn into a Nils Lundqvist. So I mean, it's a it's a measured risk that they took. I don't think it's gonna bite them that bad. But, I just totally forgot about that guy until we were yeah, talking about their defense. Yeah, it's like and he's fine, but like maybe Thomas Harley turns into that sidekick for for Heiskin and on the left side. It's like the stars are gonna be good for a while. Especially as Jason Robertson continues to grow, but you, you can't waste opportunities like no. that. I mean they they wasted they I almost said they didn't waste 2020. They were battered. They had, like had no one left by the time they played Tampa. But like that hurts because it's Ben's a year older, Sagan's a year older, and Avelski's a year older. Avellsky's a year older. Who is the goalie? I'm blanking on so many names today. For, for for Dallas for, back then,
0: yeah, Hobby Bullen. No, no, twenty. <laughs> Wasn't it uh Anton Hudobin?
1: Yes, Hudobin. I'm blanking on so many names. Yeah. Bobby pulling, man. Jesus.
0: I know. I pulled that one out of my ass.
1: But still, like Ben's gonna be 34 next year. Sagan's already in his 30s, and Pavelski's 38. I mean, they they need to get this done with these guys. Otherwise, you need to explore just handing the keys to to j rob and Rope Hints.
0: Exactly. I, I mean, they're a good team. They have their flaws. They need to take advantage of this opportunity. Cause I don't know if it's going to happen again for them.
1: You don't, I mean, look at Edmonton the last year. They're in the conference final. Yeah. They got swept, but we're going to be back here next year
0: out round two. Yep.
1: You don't, you have to take advantage of every opportunity that you're going to get even as a young team. That's why I think it just to go off topic, like everyone's talking about the devils and everything. Oh, they're, they're going to be back. You don't know that you don't, that might be the best we ever get from the Devils. You don't know that. And they have to figure out their goaltending. They have a lot that they still have to do, but it's the same for every team. Like if, when you go on a run, you can say like, "Oh, we'll be back next year after you lose." You don't know that. You don't. You never know what's going to happen in the
0: future. Well, right? I mean, as I've we were spoiled, like it just become ritual for us to make it to the second round. Like it's like yeah. the first round didn't even matter. And it's like it, playoffs are hard. <laughs> like it's tough I mean, to win in the playoffs.
1: I mean, look at the the Penguins when they won in 09. Sydney Crosby was super young and everything. Surely they're going to be back there more concussion issues, everything that team didn't make it back to the final for seven more years. Yep. And then they won, they won two in a row. They have not won a playoff. They've won one playoff series since then. It was their first playoff series right after that. And they have not won
0: one since. And they've lost to who lost that to the year. Playoffs. There you go. You had to get that in there. So, but yeah, I mean, stars, you, you can't waste this opportunity, in my opinion. And the same, you can say the same thing for Vegas. Like, yeah. can't waste this opportunity.
1: I mean, who who knows if Mark Stone's back is going to hold up past? Like, who, we don't even know the kind of pain that Mark Stone can hold no. through right now. Like, we could look at a Landis God situation
0: for him next exactly. year. Exactly. That's what exactly what I was about to say. So, yeah, yeah that was a good question. I like that one, even yeah. though it was stars related. Stars. I mean, it's a good, good question to ask sometimes yeah.
1: just to branch us out a little bit but that's all we've got for today in the mailbag again mailbag link it's a google form link it'll just be in the episode description of every episode from here on it'll also be on the twitter account so if you've got anything that you want to ask us that about the avs about the nhl just ask it there and we will be sure to get to it on the next episode i mean there was just a bunch of these today so we couldn't answer all of them But we're going to start spacing these out into more and more episodes and start to make this into more of a full-time segment. I'll be monitoring this as it goes on. So if you have any questions, feel free to send it there. But Christian, I think we are all good to wrap this one.
0: Yeah, I got nothing else, man. It's uh, uh, Congrats, you're graduating college this week, so enjoy that. We,
1: uh, we got one more episode before we. Yeah, you can...
0: got one more. But yeah, Griffin's yeah. graduating college this week. He's becoming a big kid, so.
1: Uh... You can shower me in praise on Wednesday. There I'll we go. I'll right, be I'll be do un- it. That I'll still be ungraduated. At I'll rate. do it.
0: That I'll do it. That.
1: All right. So, thank you all so very much for tuning in to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Use promo code Tell It Abs It Is on SeatGeek for twenty dollars off your first order of fifty dollars or more going to follow us on twitter you can follow me at g young's nhl you can follow christian at christian underscore belay and you can follow the show at tell it abs it is but again thank you all so very much for tuning in and we will catch you all next time but until then let's go abs and let's go nuggets